0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tales from Tolt. My name is Dwayne Davidson, your host. This is a program where we discuss the fascinating and rich history of that place we call the Sonoma Valley, basically from Monroe to North Bend. Welcome, everybody. This is Dwayne Davidson with Tales from TOLT. Um, Today we have a special uh, interview about a very special person. Today is going to be a tribute to Isabel Larson-Jones, who just passed away a couple weeks ago. And here to to, uh, talk about her legacy and her life, Uh, we're delighted to have her daughter, uh, uh, Suzanne Lastman. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. And from um, behalf of the Davidson family uh, and all of the folks at the 104.9 radio station, I want to express our condolences to you and your family at the loss of your mother. Thank you. Um, Isabel was certainly a very uh, uh, dynamic person, one uh, person I knew personally, myself. uh, So I can attest that she was a powerhouse when it came to anything that she put her mind To get done and fortunately for us and the community that was a lot of things the thing that comes to mind the most is the uh historical society uh she was there at the beginning at the very beginning you want to explain a little bit about that you said that you think she founded it
1: i think she founded it and got it together got it started and uh, she was president for many years and then uh, they got more people involved and. and to be president and take some of the, the offices. And uh, the, the her big passion was the museum.
0: Uh, can you explain a little bit, as her daughter, you had firsthand experience of, uh, observing her. When she becomes so interested in historical uh, work, can you kind of explain about, when did you see that kind of start?
1: Well, I didn't really, I guess, notice it because it just, happened my whole life but I was reading a lot of her stories she wrote in her computer just like yesterday and uh it seems as though my grandma her mother Mary Larson was also very interested in history of carnation and uh so she maybe got it from her mom and just carried it forward and uh because they were my grandma and grandpa um William and Mary Larson were also very active in the community for many, many, many years.
0: Oh, definitely. And and uh, her uh, involvement in the community was uh, more than just a historical society. She was uh, very involved in the Carnation Cemetery. and kept the records together there, did she not? Uh,
1: yes, there's a a large case up there that has all the locations and names of the graves at the cemetery and the location of each grave and so that if people from out of town or family members come they can locate them and she had that updated every year before memorial day so that those were updated and and people were able to to locate what they were looking for
0: Mm -hmm. and then uh uh what about, I, I know that she was very involved in, uh, I, I'm a graduate of Told High School myself, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the actual Old Tulled High School before it became Murray yep. or whatever they call it now. Um, uh, she was very involved in uh, the uh, class reunion. Um, you want to explain a little bit about that?
1: It started out as a pioneer picnic that they had once a year, and as the Pioneers went by the wayside they turned it into an all-school reunion and uh, actually she graduated from told high school and so did i and so did my brothers so it's kind of neat that you graduate from the same high school your mother does that doesn't happen in too many too many towns or too many places anymore
0: no it doesn't no it doesn't it uh, uh that is a rare uh, rare kind of thing i was reading in her uh Obituary, where I talked that uh, uh, even as a youngster, she was really involved with 4-H, and she even won a a, a trip back to Chicago once. And the family had to kind of save for it. Did she ever talk about that when you were growing up?
1: Um, a little bit, but not much. And you know that again, that's another story that she wrote. And I was just thrilled yesterday going through her computer and found seventy pages of family stories that she's written about our immediate family and had no idea she had written them.
0: Oh, that's delightful.
1: It was wonderful. And my brother just was really excited too, because we both had said, mom, you need to document family stories and things and not knowing that she had done it.
0: So it was a very
1: big surprise.
0: There's one book that was put out a few years ago that had uh, interviewed people. I think it was called Verbatim or something like that. Carnation is a big glossy book and had interviews of some people. My grandmother's in there. Isabel's in there. Uh, Eleanor's in there. Wes Mm -hmm. is in there. Uh, Pioneers of the area. And I liked that There was a little bit of, even though they're interviewed separately, uh, both uh, your mom and her brother, uh, Wes kind of took a jab at each other that they both remembered something differently. And they both said, (laughs) but i'm right yeah i'm sure that's
1: true
0: <laughs> i thought that was kind of cute that was real brother sister yeah <laughs> obvious uh, relationship uh wes larson was a very well-known uh, person to the town too when i grew up as a young man on uh, a young lad out in uh by griffin creek uh, uh, Wes uh um was a uh, farming out uh, uh there um and then he moved to town later right
1: right they moved off the farm and moved down into town and he was real involved with uh, city hall on that too and taking a lot of um a lot of pride in the town and and making sure they did things right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he was always on top of uh, those kind of things and then uh Eleanor of course uh uh, she married Floyd Remlinger. And that should be enough said about their community involvement right there. We just mentioned that name that tells right. who
1: Remlinger she Farms. was
0: and Remlinger Farms and stuff. So, uh, it
1: started out uh, as Strawberry Fields.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it had a job as a youngster myself uh, picking uh, both for Harvold and uh, Remlinger. Yeah, I picked at Remlinger's too. <laughs> so, uh, uh, back to uh, Isabel. Um, what was basically she? She was uh, uh, always so busy. Always got so much done. Um, what do you remember most growing up uh, about her?
1: Um, she was definitely busy, and uh, my dad told her once that she had to pick between historical society and PTA because she didn't have enough time to do both. So she <laughs> chose historical society, and uh, I mean, she was just. She was always busy. She's taking care of her yard and she never stopped. And when we'd go on vacation later on, it was like, we have, uh, we built a house right behind her on half of her acre. And, uh, when we'd go on vacation, she'd mow our lawn and hers. And it wasn't (laughs) a riding lawnmower either. And I'd say, Mom, we can get somebody to do this. And she said, Nope, I'm going to have these kids in the neighborhood watch this old lady that she can mow on. <laughs> I said, Well, the kids don't care as long as they don't have to do it.
0: <laughs> she was quite a, uh, she did get to relax occasionally. And one of the things she'd love to do was uh, golf with, with her husband, right? They she was very- golf
1: with dad. They golfed a lot, a lot of different places. Uh, but her, her main thing was more bowling dad passed away at 74 at um tall chief golf course which was his second home and mom said she wanted to die at 100 at the bowling alley (laughs) well she only made it to 98 (laughs) and she wasn't at the bowling alley (laughs) but um yeah she really enjoyed bowling and golf both and anything that had to do with people she was always happy to And she was in her late eighties and she'd say, I got to go up to the senior center and rile up those old people. And I'm like, mom, aren't you getting kind of (laughs) old?
0: Well, I think let's just talk about that for a second, because I don't think we mentioned at the very beginning of the program. Uh, uh, Isabel was 98 years old at her passing. And so she, uh, lived a very long full life. And, and, uh, uh, that's kind of a trait in some of the Larsons because I believe that both Eleanor and uh, West, uh, let alone the other siblings that we haven't even talked about, but those two that we previously mentioned, I think they're both in their 90s when they passed, right? Yes, I believe they were. Yeah. I'm not
1: exactly sure the age. And my Aunt Hazel, I believe, was in her 90s also. Wow. So John and Irma uh, died at a younger age, but and Margaret, the oldest sister.
0: Well, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but that's quite a remarkable feat for one family having some people live so long. Do you think there's some kind of trait we can all copy from them? I that... hope so. <laughs> I <laughs> hope it's
1: hereditary.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about your, uh, uh, I me, mean, uh, mom and dad. Uh, let's bring, uh, uh, let's bring your dad into it. His uh, full name was Bennett, but. Everybody called him Ben, right? Yeah, Ben and, or Benny, or Benny. Yeah. And uh, I remember as a kid seeing the trucks, uh, and I had I lived out by Lake Langway's way, kind of, and so I saw the trucks often. They had a big uh, uh, quarry up on uh, Lake Langway's, and you want to talk a little bit about that about your dad's business?
1: Yeah, he. Well, he was uh, a logger most of his life, and um, he worked for Warehouser in Boise Cascade and Eastern Washington, and that. And then when he semi retired, he got the gravel pit up the Langley Road. And they laughed that there was days that it was a self service uh, gravel pit <laughs> because he was at the golf course. But they all knew where the tickets were and what to do. So it kind of took care of itself. And then. Oh, when he well, he I didn't moved know that when he didn't want to be golfing, he was at the, at the gravel pit.
0: <laughs> now, see, I, 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 that's why I love doing these interviews because I learned things. I did not know <laughs> that that was kind of almost like a retirement job. I yeah. thought, uh, I, yeah. I, I didn't, I thought that's all what he always had done. So no, uh,
1: no, that was, he logged for many years. and And then when he quit logging, that's when he got the gravel pit and it was, it was a retirement thing and kind of a fun thing for him. And, something to do besides golf
0: oh. well most guys have to retire that are in logging or there's not a lot of logging going on nowadays but and it's been somewhat mechanical lies but there's uh, uh that's, that's hard work and you can't get uh can't do that in really old age and no. it's very very dangerous too yeah so. it can be yeah well, that's interesting. A self-service gravel pit. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good one. And yeah. just to explain to people a little bit about where that was at. It was a big quarry. It used to be very visible from the road, but everything's grown up so much. It was basically, and help me, Suzanne, if I describe this wrong. Uh, it was um, uh, right before, like language, right? Was,
1: I believe so. But boy, it's been so many years since I've been out there. I just know it was on the right-hand side of the road.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, I think you were just out past, you're going to Lake Langways and then uh, and then it was right off to the right there. And, uh, and I, I do believe, I remember seeing his trucks, I talked to you about this yesterday. I do believe that he had a small operation, very, very small, but I think that he uh, had some uh, uh, extraction of some gravel. And a gravel pit that was up by the Griffin Creek trestle because that was up above my um, aunt and uncle's place, and I saw their equipment up there for a while. But I think that that was just a very small operation, yeah, and that I was don't an remember
1: old. Remember that one at
0: all? That was an old pit that was actually created by the Milwaukee Road when they were okay. uh, constructing the railroad, and then they had only used a portion of it. And I think that he was able to get some. Um,
1: yeah, maybe a some, gravel out of there, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, your dad passed away. He was—he uh, wasn't that old, seventy-four. Was he? Oh,
1: he was seventy-four. Yep, seventy-four. Uh-huh. Massive heart attack on the golf course on number eleven at Tall Chief.
0: Oh wow! There's all the details there. Yeah. Was he playing? Was he was he out practicing and by himself, or was he? No, with the- he
1: was with his buddies, uh, Dick Engel and John Duckin, and uh, they even put. I think it was John that had oxygen. And so they put the oxygen on him, but nothing helped. Mm. But it was his second home. So he went happy.
0: Uh, Suzanne's dropping names there for people. And just so mm. listeners know, because this is all about history, uh, Engel was the postman of, uh, or one of, our, one of the mail deliverers for, uh, uh, isn't that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. yes
0: for, for for a long time and uh and uh, duncan's lived out by where the duncan family they lived out where the larsens were kind of at for so many years their farm that we'll talk about uh, a little bit after the break um the yeah, original
1: only know duncan's is living across the highway from us down here so that was probably after
0: right Right so um well we need it uh we'll be taking a break right now and when we come back we'll expand and talk a little bit more about uh your very large uh um family and the contributions that they've made back going back a couple generations so we'll be right back you're listening to valley 104.9 fm your station for northwest eclectic music hi I'm Seth Shostak, and I'm an actual scientist, although I don't wear a white lab coat.
1: Maybe a straitjacket. I'm Molly Bentley. I'm a science journalist, and we are your hosts on Big Picture Science, bringing you the latest from the labs every week. So join us Thursdays at 6 p.m.
0: for the coolest in science and technology, Big Picture Science.
1: That's Thursdays at 6 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 FM.
0: Welcome back, folks. Uh, here to continuing conversation today with uh, Suzanne Lassman, who is the daughter of Isabel Larson Jones, uh, who passed away at 98 years old a couple weeks ago. And, um, and just so the folks know, um, Suzanne, her uh, memorial service is uh, going to be happening um, in the very near future. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, it's going to be at the Tol- Congregational Church in Carnation, right on Main Street, the uh, Stone Church, at uh, one o'clock on Saturday, June eighteenth.
0: So one o'clock. Right. Okay. On June eighteenth. So, uh, fo- and that is that is a uh, for the community. That's open invitation. Yes. yes. So, um, so there you go, folks. Uh,
1: Hopefully, it doesn't rain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's been so much of that lately so that's a so um let's t- talk a little bit about the family we've talked about some of uh, uh, Isabel's uh, 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 one of her sisters and uh, and a brother uh, I think that there were seven children to that family um, um, uh, altogether. Uh, they were all uh, the children of William and Mary right and um, and uh William and Mary Larson uh William primarily uh they farmed but he primarily worked for the road department did you not yes and uh uh did did you uh I don't I don't know my dates about when they were alive did you know your uh uh did you know them
1: oh yes um I used to get to walk from grade school all over to their house and get hot Sugar cookies from grandma. No, I knew grandma and grandpa for a long time. And uh, grandpa was very involved in the fire department. Grandma was involved in the church and the ladies aid from the congregational church. And uh, lots of fun times. Their house is still there right by the church, the last house that they lived in.
0: But you knew both. Your yes. grandfather yes. was alive too, yeah. And and just to let people know, he uh, he primarily went by Bill, right? Right. And uh, uh, these folks were really involved in the uh, community. Uh, um, uh, both of them were, but Bill. I'm just going to be reading from uh, uh, one of uh, uh, Isabel's books. By the way, which we should actually mention. And talk about for a, a, for a second, but before we do, just finishing up about Bill, uh, he was very involved uh, in the uh, with the school uh, lodge and church activities. He served on the school board, on the town council, was the fire chief, was a member of the Eagles, the Grange, the Oddfellows, and Rebecca Lodges, and a member of the Congregational Church and the Valley's Men Club, and was very uh, worked very hard they get valley memorial park which i believe was the first park in uh uh Tolt um carnation oh, okay. Tolt, and uh that is um you know now we have the uh we have the luchas park the nick luchas park and a couple other different parks but i think that that valley memorial park was the very first one so he was very very involved in um uh the community and um uh But he wasn't the first. Um, He was actually the he was the first born, I believe, of um, John and Ida Larson. And they uh, were originally from Sweden, even though I don't think they met each other in Sweden. If I remember reading my history right, they both immigrated from Sweden and uh, met somewhere down by Inclore or something like that um or black diamond or something like that i get my facts wrong and yeah, then they I, moved to i don't I'm know sorry.
1: those <laughs> i don't uh, know those facts
0: <laughs> and then and then it said that they moved to uh um they moved to toll and started the farm and their original farm if i remember reading the history right was out about where the um lds church is today right
1: lds and swift waters um development were all on the property that that they had and farmed and where mom grew up
0: so your mom grew up there right okay and they had that and so then uh your uh uh um uh, yeah your mom's family took it other brothers and sisters, they were off doing other things, I suppose, because it was the eldest that took over the farm, uh, which was Bill from, uh, from John Nida, correct? Right. Yeah, yeah. So this was, uh, just to kind of put people in perspective, um, uh, uh, this was like, they came like in the early, it was like mid 1880s, I believe. Is when they came from Sweden, and then uh, um, uh, so uh, this this goes back a few generations, and they were very involved also with the Toll Congregational Church. And in fact, one of the first one of the facts I really loved reading about was that when they were building the farm, the town was so new, and a sawmill. The first sawmill was located on their property. And the first congregational church, which was for people's uh, um, information, the first congregational church was not where the congregational church is today. That was built by the Stewart family right. after the first Farm. one burnt down. The, from, you're right, from Carnation Farms. The first one was out by the graveyard. And right by the high school, there or, or, I mean, the school, there was a, not the high school, I'm sorry, the this elementary school. Mm-hmm. And the church were side by side. And that church burnt down. But when, before it burned down, it was, of course, wood. And it was built by lumber, that was cut at uh, Larson's Mill. Also, the first Grange Hall, uh, the um, the uh, first Oddfellows um, Lodge which later became the Eagles, which now I think is owned by the tribe Uh uh, is, it was all built by it. So what I'm trying to say is a lot of the original buildings were built by wood. They came from Larson's uh, from a mill at Larson's. But what I really found was kind of humorous is they say that the first, when they were stringing electric lights and bringing electricity to the town for the first time, the first building that got lights was not a dwelling, but the barn on the Larson's farm. <laughs> and the reason is because the Larson's rented out their barn to the crews that were stringing the lights to board their horses at for their teens. And so they were the first, so the very first lights was not in the Larson's house, but in the Larson's barn in the entire town. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a... <laughs> I thought that was yes, kind of Yes, they, because
1: they worked night and day. They didn't go from... Daylight till dawn, so they needed no. the lights in order to to see to take care of the horses, etc.
0: Right, and then we talked about we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that uh, 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 talked at length about Wes's involvement that he was a uh, farm and he came to town was very involved with the city matters and something and we just briefly mentioned that Eleanor married Floyd Remlinger and they started the berry field, but they also uh, the Remlingers had uh, some big greenhouses that were right next to the Grange Store uh, that they had. Uh, I think that was Floyd's brother, Virgil, that had right. those. And so um, these, uh, the Larsons were very important and married into families that really were kind of the foundation of Carnation. Yep. Adult Carnation. So remarkable, remarkable family. So, um, Talking a little bit more about uh, uh, Isabel's legacy, what would you like people to remember about her? If you had a, you, you talked about some of your vivid memories that were most important to you, but what would you like people to remember her as?
1: As the energetic person she was on getting positive things done and a smile on her face and usually a hug for almost anybody. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well that's nice that, that's nice because she did she was very very special in that regards and I was always amazed about how she had the fortitude of seeing what needed to get done and we have le- uh, lasting legacies to her work one of those I wanted to talk about briefly is uh, I've been reading from this book the history of Tolk Carnation A Town Remembered came out in a couple different editions And those are, I I, I hope that they're available down at the Historical Society. I don't know if there's currently any copies available or not, but... uh,
1: I believe the last book she wrote was in 2015, and there are still some of those available that I have. The two other books, I believe, sold out, but I would hope that there are ones in the museum. Because I think it was... Boy, I can't remember the dates now. If one was like eighty-five and ninety-five, and then two thousand fifteen or something like that, but there was three different books.
0: Oh, three! People... I wasn't aware of that. were yeah. two, three. Yeah, No, there's three. And and uh, those took a lot of time. You 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 witnessed this compilation of this book firsthand, ever? Uh, working on this. this took yes, I believe my time.
1: husband and I typed one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> must have been a massive amount of work of collecting all the data because there is some really interesting pictures in these books, folks. If if there's any people listening to the program that have not seen these books, they are a treasure of, of uh, history. And those would not have gotten done if it wasn't for Isabel.
1: That's very true. And she put a lot of work into them and, and really enjoyed them. I, I guess think the other was... thing she did, too, was they had carnation ornaments that they sold. Oh. Each year, a Christmas ornament would come out. And I'm not sure how many there were, 11 or 12 or something. But the first one had, um, oh, shoot, now I can't think of his name. Robert Angelli. Yeah. Robert one on his tractor. Yep. I have that one on my tree. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, every year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they did those two as a, a history thing. So, and they did one on the Black Prince
0: that was a riverboat that used to come up, uh, which right. she has a nice. Well, a riverboat, which just I, I find it you know fascinating that riverboats came up to uh um to all the way to well, all the way to Fall City right, and that's information you can find in Isabel's book. What was really unique about uh, Isabel's books is that she. Uh, asked for the uh, she did it by family so the chapters were by family um and then there of course there's topics like the churches uh, saint anthony's and toll congregational and uh and things like that also uh so it was either uh, a place or a family and she had the family write their uh write their piece yes,
1: yes and so you right.
0: really get you really get uh, a, a feel for the family because the, the writing styles are a little bit different than each and, and you get people are bringing out different things that they thought were important about their uh, family. And I just love that about the books because it's a really uh, uh, interesting read and, it's, uh, and there is one of the things that's going to be a lasting uh, legacy. I can't tell you, Suzanne, how many times because I really vividly study local history Uh, and been you know involved with this uh, you know radio program doing the same but I'll read articles about um, topics like railroad I'm really a railroad enthusiast and so about railroads and stuff and they'll list you know their little footnotes like historians always do and over and over and over again one of the footnotes you'll see is uh, is the citation is uh, your mom's book (laughs) (laughs) you know from it's from this book and it's like Oh, my, this is so uh, <laughs> that, that that's that's just proof right there that this is going to be a lasting legacy. Those books that she did and and uh, and also uh, all the contributions that went to to the Total Historical Society, which for people that, to know that there, I've done an episode on them. Uh, you can go back and review that and listen to me chat with the folks down there. They're at a place called the Yerda's House now, which is a historical house uh, that was part of um, Carnation's history, and uh, they have their museum located in that house. It's a beautiful facility, and all that wouldn't be today wouldn't be there today if it wasn't for contributions at, uh, of people like uh, Isabel Larson Jones. So, and that's
1: at the Carnation Tree Farm is where the house is located. If people want to find it
0: (laughs) yeah good point good point to remind them you just turn down like you're going to uh the uh park um mcdonald park and you'll be able to drive right into it uh there um so and when they're open on saturdays you usually have signs right out on two or three for for people to see and uh and visit that and visit that museum when it's open and take a look around and Isabel will be smiling down at you when you do Mm -hmm. so. um, Well, Suzanne, I just want to again, express my condolences. It was so delightful that you took the opportunity um, uh, before even the memorial service uh, uh, as occurred to take the time to share with us about uh, your mom. Uh, um, That was very special of you to do and I really thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Okay, There's well, a special hey, lady, she certainly was. <laughs> well, folks, that wraps up another episode of uh, Tales from Tope. Please uh, join us next week as we continue to explore the history of the Socony Valley. Bye.